Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett, where we talk about all things financial, focusing on helping you plan, keep, and grow for a successful future. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you're tuning in again, welcome back and thank you for listening. Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett. Today, we're talking about financial planning topics and questions that come up most often in your 40s and 50s. Cover additional areas to save that may help you pay off debt down the road, such as a mortgage, some considerations about what to do with an old 401k, and a little bit of family dynamics as your parents start to show us their age. My name is Garrett Smith, and we look forward to having you with us today. Episode eight. Here we go. Another topic, another day. A little older da- people, <laughs> a little closer to my age. Still still pretty young people, though. Yeah, today we're going to cover you know, kind of your financial planning considerations through your 40s and 50s. Um, I think this is a critical time. Uh, I think this is an interesting time of life. Your late 30s, early 40s is kind of when the old habits really start, start to rear their heads. If you're an early saver, really makes a difference in your 40s and 50s. If you're a late saver, it, it's a little more painful to start saving, it, you know, in your 50s. Well, it's a heavy lift too. Yeah. I mean, you've really got to, if you haven't got much uh, going by the time you're in your mid 40s, um, you, you know, you've really got to sit up and pay attention because it's a it's a steep climb from there. Especially if you're wanting to retire in your early 60s. Yeah. Now if you're, you know, if you're in the camp of I'm never going to retire, that's a different conversation. Right. right? Yep. We kind of generally lean to you know, how can we help most people have the common goal of, of at least having the option to retire in their early 60s? And, and that is the key, the, the option to retire. So I can if I want to, but if I'm enjoying work, um, I'm going to keep going. Yeah. And I also think it opens up the flexibility of maybe I'll change a job and, and work part time somewhere I really enjoy working versus right. full time at a place that's like, meh. Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. Yeah. Just, so the, just the work optional is, is really the goal. Is just having that flexibility. Absolutely. You said something about a statistic about in the people in their fifties, like fifty percent of them. Yeah. When you, well, just general retirement. About half the people fall into retirement or kind of pushed into retirement versus choosing to retire. Meaning they may have a family member who becomes disabled. They have to go take care of. You know, there's layoffs at a company. We, you know, we all hear stories of, you know, you're you're kind of the fifty year olds or the ones that are usually. Those that get get cut when layoffs happen. They're the most expensive and the sickest. So how can we legally get rid of these people? Yeah, it's it happens all the time. And so it's it's about half the time, you know, you have a 50-50 shot whether you choose to retire or kind of you're you're pushed that direction. And and so in your fifties, you've just gotta be ready, whether it's uh you know, whether it's full retirement or just being you know, able to have enough cushion to pivot into another job um, if something were to happen, because because layoffs are common in this age. So being ready just gives you options, right? I mean, that's the idea is just just be ready for unexpected things to happen, because for half half the people, it will. Right. And if you had a high savings rate through your 20s, 30s and 40s, you may not need to put as much away in your 50s, which opens up the job possibilities. Right. Because likely you won't be able to replace an income at that age. If, if you had a high paying job, it's tough to go get another one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's it's a little less common. But if you can take a lower paying job to at least keep some income coming in uh, at if you've had savings already going in, maybe your retirement plan's already funded. It's just not ready to go yet. Right. Yeah. And so I think, but, you know, under an optimistic scenario, you're fully employed, working. A really common question we get at this age is, you know, how can I save more? Where can I save more? I'm maxing out the 401k. Um, I may or may not still be eligible for an IRA or Roth IRA, getting some money in there. Um, But I want to, but there's, 
more dollars than I'm living on. Maybe as kids get out of the house, you know, what do, what do you do with them? Yeah, we get that question quite a bit. And, you know, the the other question that people ask a lot is, you know, I'm, I'm making extra uh, payments on my house. And, and, you know, what do you think about that? And so I think one of the really best ideas that, that we've kind of put out there is just, I think everybody ought to have a, a quote, pay off my house account. And what I mean by that is let, let's just set up a what's called a non-qualified investment account. So it's just a regular account. You can buy all the same investments that you would in an IRA or a 401k. Uh, and you just, you just plow money in there with the idea that you want to get that account to grow to the point where you could pay your house off if you wanted to. And the reasoning behind that is most of us up until just the last week or so have really low mortgage rates. Uh, you know, we're down, there's a lot of people down the two and a half, three percent, three and a half percent range. And, um, you know, it, it seems silly to pay off those cheap dollars to me. We, you know, inflation's running seven, eight percent. Um, you know, the banks are just hating having that money lend out at three percent. They'd love you to pay that off because they can lend it back out at much higher rates. And so um, don't do that. Just Continue to make the minimum payment, but at the same time, set up an account and just start with whatever you can. If you're paying an extra $200 on your house payment, put that $200 in that investment account. And the odds are that that investment account is going to grow faster than the cost of the mortgage is. And I've done this twice in my life. And you just let that account grow to the point where you could uh, pay the house off if you wanted to with that account. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, one thing to consider when you're starting that account is you can be as conservative or as aggressive as you want to sure. be. You don't have to put the pedal down if that's not your style. Mm -hmm. You can find some other options to get you a higher, you know, interest rate bonds or uh, there's there's lots of other options out there that, that may get you a higher rate than just your, you know, mortgage payment. And I think another consideration too, is when you put money into paying off your mortgage, the only way to get it out is to take a loan. Right. You know, you got to set up a line of credit and that's generally based off your income. And so if you lose a job, you know, the worst case scenario, you, you lose a job and you need some extra dollars, you're, you may not qualify for that loan because it's based on your ability to repay, right. not on the equity in the house. And so if you have high equity and, and not an ability to repay a loan, it, it may be tough for you to be able to pull some of that money back out of a house. So having it in a separate account gives you the flexibility. If, if something were to happen and you need funds today, at least there's something there. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a backup emergency fund until you get to the point where you'll, you know, that you actually do pay the house off, which is a, which is a really good feeling for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, then you just got your, you know, your property taxes and maintenance that you got to keep up on. Um, but if, if that account starts to grow and it gets twice the size of your mortgage and you can, you know, make a decision of what would help me sleep best at night. Cause sometimes not all financial decisions are based on how can I maximize these dollars? That's a mm -hmm. good question and conversation to have. But the reason to have a high savings rate and, and make all these, you know, conservative decisions is so that you can kind of have peace of mind and actually enjoy your life. And you're not just stressed all the time about trying to make a payment. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I think also touching on that, so you get the, you know, pay off the house account and, and it can't just, it can be more than just pay off the house account. It can, you know, you can use those funds to help 
pay college or maybe a, you know, future motorhome if that's what you're saving up for, if right. that's, you know, five, 10 years down the road, something that you want. You know, it, it's it, the nice thing about those accounts because you just set them up. They're non-qualified. So you set them up in your name, the name of you and a spouse. Uh, if you have a trust set up, it's just in the name of the trust. And, uh, and there's no limit. You can put as much as you want in there. Um, and then, then that just starts to build the flexibility into your financial plan because those dollars can go, go wherever. And in many cases, they may be uh, a little better uh, tax situation. The capital gains rate might be lower than your ordinary income rate. It is taxed on, on you know, capital gains. And so uh, it could be, it, it, you know, it may be beneficial from a tax perspective as well. Yeah, ideally people get to retirement and they have a, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a large um, 401k balance a good size Roth uh, 401k, and then they have a big non-qualified account. So they can, you know, you've got options of where to pull money from and that pay off the house account goes right along those lines. Yeah. When you have all three of those buckets, then you, you're kind of in control about where, where you're pulling your taxes from. Yeah. And I think that just leads to any other considerations. You know, I, you know, for sure during this time, if you have the option to save into an HSA, you want to be maximizing that. Those health savings account are, are a great benefit for uh, now and down the road uh, mm-hmm. to be maximizing those dollars because you now you can invest those. They can grow. So if you have an ability to put some in there and not necessarily use it, you can at least get some growth on it that can give you a tax benefit down the road. Um, I think the other option is if you're self-employed, it kind of opens up some flexibility in retirement plans. It may open up a, a pension plan if you're looking to save more than than the 401k limit. Um, there's there's some other options there if you're if you're you know trying really hard to reduce your taxable income. There's some other options. Yeah, for the self-employed people, there's a there's a ton of uh, other options out there, and some of them. Uh, depending on the situation, you can put massive amounts of money on, uh, in a plan on a tax d- deductible basis. I'm talking, you know, over a hundred thousand uh, dollars for for people who qualify for it. So, um, if that's your situation, you need to you know look at a pension plan and and how they work, and and uh, you can you can really. Uh, you know, accelerate your retirement savings that way for sure. And, you know, during this time too, we also run into kind of orphaned 401ks, you know, maybe you've changed jobs a time or two and you've got an old 401k plan. And, and the question is always, what do I do with this? And and then you have, you have a few options, you know, you can roll them into a new plan. Um, sometimes plans allow rollovers, which is a good thing. Uh, you can roll them in a uh, 401k from a previous employer into an IRA to give you some flexibility there. Um, or you can just take, you know, pay the taxes and penalty and take all the money out. Uh, so you have, you know, there's a handful of options and, and working through each one of those will lead to different tax and penalty situations, depending on what you do. Well, I think the idea there is to be intentional about what you do. Don't just, you know, let it go. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, we ran into a lady and she had, I think it was like four different 401k plans and, you know, various companies. And, you know, one of them was just sitting in a cash account. Uh, earning essentially zero. And it had been there for like 10 or 12 years. And that's just not being intentional about, um, you know, your retirement savings. So uh, whenever you move, you know, look at it, make a decision, um, make sure you're you're keeping track of it. And it's added into your financial plan, the, the plan for the future. You, you have to keep track of those dollars and know, okay, well, this account should grow to about this amount. And that's what it's going to mean to me in retirement rather than just 
ignoring it. Right. And, and that is a common problem that we've seen. So when you, when you're working, not only do you have to choose how much you're deferring into a 401k plan, you have to choose the investment options inside of those. The default is generally just cash. And, and we've seen it, you know, a handful of times where it's just stayed in cash for, for, for a decade and that doesn't help anywhere. Um, now, if that's your deliberate choice, that's a different decision. Mm-hmm. But if it's, but if it's not, you know, if it's just because you didn't pay attention to it, that's that's a problem. And I think anytime we get old four hundred one k's, it's just working through those options about um, what's the best possibility. Because there, during this time, there's often a window for a Roth conversion. You can roll those dollars into a traditional IRA and then make your Roth conversion. If you have some losses to offset, you may not end up having a, you know, too heavy a tax burden. Then you've filled your Roth bucket during this time. So there's, there's definitely flexibility of, of different scenarios. Um, but, but making a conscious choice is, is critical for those, uh, old 401k dollars. For sure. They're easy to lose track of. I mean, you just, some of them, you only get a statement once a year and it's like, Oh, well, I forgot I had that until the next year. Oh, I forgot I had that. And so, you know, keep track of them and, you know, bring statements in. We're, we're good at kind of gathering those up. And plus it reduces your paperwork. You yeah. know, you know <laughs> instead of getting paperwork from four different companies, you just roll them all into an IRA. And, and then you've got, you know, one account that's, you know, has an investment f- uh, philosophy and, and it just reduces your, your paperwork and everything else. So. Yeah. I remember not too long ago, we had a prospective client come in that we were making conversations and she had six or seven different IRAs, but she was over the age of 72. So she had to take required minimum distributions out of each one of those. Yeah. And anytime you get into a scenario like that, it's really easy to lose track of. And then it becomes really expensive tax-wise. Yeah. Yeah. I think one other, anytime you're during this time, you know, reviewing those, uh, not only old 401ks, but anytime you get your taxes done, you want to take a real close look at those because your tax picture is kind of like what happened this last year. You know, where, where did the income come from? Um, you know, oftentimes people have, you know, maybe some side income coming in from odd jobs plus their, plus their work and, and just understanding what's your overall tax bracket doing kind of helps lead to making better financial decisions just, just by the nature of knowing where you're at in your tax situation. Yeah. And that's why we, we always ask people to bring their tax return down, uh, for review when we, when we review their, your accounts is because, you know, where you're at on the on the, on, in the tax bracket situation really has a, a lot of influence on the advice that we give you, whether you should do a Roth conversion or not, whether you should be putting it, your contributions in, in your 401k into a Roth or whether you shouldn't be. Uh, you know, Knowing what that taxable income line is, how much it's going to change from year to year and is really important. Um, has a big influence on a, a lot of, de- a lot of investment decisions. Yeah. And oftentimes you're, uh, you know, if you have a CPA doing your taxes, um, they'll give you a year over year summary. So you can see two or three years of how it's changed and what, uh, your marginal tax bracket is. And, and then you can at least know where you're standing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, uh, you know, it's just a number you've, you've just got to keep an eye on and pay attention to just so you're aware because that impacts, you know, almost every financial decision going forward. Yeah, for sure. And my guess, if you went out and just asked 80 people, you know, 100 people on the street, 80 of them would have no idea what their tax bracket is. Yeah. You know, because you just. It's high. Yeah. It's high. (laughs) (laughs) What percentage is it? Well, it's high. I pay a lot of tax. (laughs) We all do. Yeah. 
and then um, one common, another common issue we get on this is is sometimes mom and dad may or may not need a little help, and mom and dad may or may not want you to have any idea about their financial situation. <laughs> and so, you know, it's a tricky situation as, a, as an older child when parents may or may not be aging, but they haven't quite brought you in the loop of, of things for privacy reasons, totally mm-hmm. understandable. Um, but kind of how do you handle that in your, you know, 40s and 50s? Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of a tricky issue because it really, it, it, it just depends so much on the parents. Some, some of our clients are just, you know, super private with their money and they don't want their kids to know that, that they have a, a big nest egg. And I, I think maybe they're worried about telling their kids no, if the kids found out they had, uh, you know, a lot of money, they don't want to tell them, no, I'm not going to give you that for whatever. Um, and other, other folks are, you know, really, really open with their kids. And so it, it, it just varies by the situation. Um, if you have an aging parent, I think the idea would be, um, you know, to have conversations just basically saying, Hey, you, you know, you're getting a little older. If you need help in this area, I'm happy to, I'm happy to help, but you know, probably not. Don't try and force yourself in because it, you know, makes some parents uncomfortable if you're too aggressive that way. And, um, but some people do need some help too. Yeah. I think at a bare minimum at this age, you need to know who are the professionals in their life, you know, who's helping them out with insurance, who's helping them out with investments, who's helping them out with taxes and at least know who those people are. Um, you know, having contact information, made contact with them just to say, Hey, this is who I am. I'm not here trying to get any information. I just, want to make sure I have a name and a face and a phone number so if something were to happen. And I also think um, having, uh, you know, it's a good idea to have a general conversation uh, with, you know, how medical decisions for an aging parent should go. What, you know, what do they want to have? And and if they've already had a trust set set up, they've already kind of worked through some of those decisions. But, you know, but maybe you're going to be on, you know, asked to step up and you're not aware of it yet. Right. And, and so if, you know, at least asking the question, is there anything I'm, I'm potentially responsible for if something were to happen to you? Right. So you, at least you're aware and, and then know, you know, and where are the documents at? So I, so it's not just a scramble if something were to happen, mom and dad. Yeah. Those end of life situations are, you know, they're, they're just tricky and they're very, very complicated and they're very, very individual. Everybody's situation's just you know, it's just totally different. So it, it's hard to know exactly what to do all the time. Yeah. And sitting on the other side of the table, you know, our, our interest is always to protect the best interest of our clients. Right. You know, we have, you know, we have both age groups. We have a lot of 40 and 50 year olds and we have a lot of 80 and 90 year olds. Mm-hmm. And, and so we, you know, we see both sides of it and sometimes mom and dad just need an excuse to tell, you no, And, and so that's why they're keeping it private. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, it, it's, it's tough, but, you know, trying to keep, as much emotion out of those decisions, the better. It just leads to a better family dynamic, it appears. And for our aging clients, too, we do try and get them to list, uh, uh, you know, a, a trusted person that we can talk to if, that you know, if we need to. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, a successor trustee or, or a trusted contact mm-hmm. or just, just another name. If something were to happen, you know, we at least know where to go. Yep. Yeah, I think the I think the worst case scenario during this time is just nobody knows anything. It doesn't have to be you have to know the dollar amounts. That's right. not what I'm talking about. But it's just kids don't know who's helping mom and dad. 
and mom and dad haven't decided who's helping them in the case of a problem. Right. Yep. I think that kind of covers the major areas during this time. Um, it's, it's, if, if, you know, it's a great time in life to really put the accelerator down, uh, for some people and, and you can really start to bring that retirement age closer. If well, yeah, your, your income's up, you know, your, your per, uh, peak earning years and, and, um, you probably already got a good foundation set because you've been saving money for a while and, and likely childhood expense, you know, children expenses are starting to go down. Kids are moving age. out and, and hopefully getting on their own. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a great time to life and a great time to try to get to the point where, Hey, I can pull the plug at, you know, 55 or 60 if I want to, not that you have to, but, but if I, if I need to, or if I want to, I can. And by pulling the plug, you know, retiring, not, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, it, it, it's a, it's a fun time of life and it's a, it's a, big uh, time change but uh, I guess until next time thanks for listening thanks again thank you for tuning in and listening to your investment partners with Paul and Garrett if you like what you heard be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts also visit us at ascendinvestment.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter to keep you up to date see you in the next episode Kessler, Norman and Ride LLC DBA Ascend Investment Partners is a registered investment advisor Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where our firm and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Ascend Investment Partners unless a client service agreement is in place. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice, performance data, or recommendations that any particular security, portfolio of securities, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any specific person. This program is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. All opinions contained in this podcast are subject to change at any time without notice. To determine which, if any, investments may be appropriate for you, please consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this podcast is not guaranteed of future results. As always, please remember that all investing involves risk and possible loss.